0: Welcome into another episode of Cyberly. I am your host, Blythe Bramley. On this show, we talk about the attention economy, B two B marketing, and how it all fits into the world of logistics. And on previous shows, we have talked about the importance of your website, building on land that you own, which the only three properties that you're ever going to own on the internet is your website, and your podcast, and your email address. So we talk about building on land that you own, and then using social media as rented land to put traffic and build brand awareness to your home base, which is your website. Now we will talk about some necessities of what is essentially the web two world, which if you want a little bit of a history lesson, web one is essentially the initial concept of the internet, where you sign on using an AOL dashboard in order to have the dial up internet. And then web two is kind of defined by social media and building your own website. And and while web two is still extremely very important in order for a lot of freight companies in order to have their business established online, that it's still very much prevalent to be building on that land that you own and then start listening to what's coming down the pipeline with Web3 technologies. And speaking of Web3 technologies, we've got a great interview for you today with the co-founders of Venusverse. They're the first Canadian female-founded, female-focused educational program, incubator and NFT collection giving women insight into the world of Web3. So let's go ahead and welcome in Janelle. She is one of the co-founders of Venusverse. And thank you for your patience. I know we were experiencing a little bit of technical issues, but now we are back. Uh, I guess it's technical issues maybe in the Web2 world. I don't even know if that exists in the Web3 world, but here we are. There's always technical issues. No worries at all, Blythe. Very happy to be here. How are you? i'm doing very well now that now that we're live now that i'm talking to you uh doing much better now as you know we had a little bit of technical issues for viewers who don't know my face was frozen on the screen for a good um probably 15 minutes there so that was uh that was nice to see but let's talk about what's going on with the with web3 in general and when i say web3 uh let's let's sort of start with uh some high level basics
1: what is web3 in your eyes so Web3 is essentially the third evolution of the Internet. So as you had mentioned, it's, I saw that you were talking about this. So Web1 is really basic interaction. So if you think about email, um, you know, and correspondence through AOL uh, back in the day, I mean, I remember these days, um, you know, Web2 obviously became uh, a little more interactive. So if you think about social media platforms, but it was really um Held for the most part by uh, a number of companies. So if you think about Facebook and Instagram, um, and uh, and other the other platforms, TikTok, and there's a number one a number of platforms out there that really became the Web two world, right? More of the social media interaction. Um, web three is uh, a little bit different in the sense that it's primarily built on the blockchain, um, and then uh, there's essentially more of an immersive experience is going to be able to happen in web three. So, um, you know, people always ask, you know, what's the difference between web three and the metaverse metaverse is essentially a product within the, within web three. So, um, there will be products like, like the metaverse itself. Um, you know, NFTs obviously, uh, will be, uh, utilized within the world of web three, uh, and then the blockchain, uh, which is really a decentralized, um, technology. So it, it basically, um, takes the, the ownership of a lot of these platforms that uh, held a lot of the ownership in Web2 and decentralizes it uh, and creates more of a peer-to-peer network.
0: And so as you're explaining Web3, this is sort of like the terminology that from a high level I kind of get, but I'm also curious as to what your background is, what was sort of the catalyst of starting
1: Venusverse and, and why the focus on Web3? So my background uh, really essentially has been in fundraising and business development for my entire career, uh, essentially. Um, But I was heavily immersed into the tech industry when I first started at the University of Waterloo. And then I moved into uh, my role at Communitech uh, and I became very uh, immersed into the tech industry. Um, But what was uh, very interesting to me as I'm uh, I do have one of my degrees is, is an art degree. Actually, one of my undergraduate degrees is an art degree. And uh, I never really utilized it because of the starving artist syndrome, essentially, right? You get this degree, um, which is why I also got another degree, because I figured, you know, I'm probably not going to be making too much money off of this one. Uh, And that's why I ended up uh, doing political science as well. But as I started um, looking more into the world of Web3 back in, I want to say mid-2021, I realized that there was a lot of women that didn't have very much exposure to what was happening in this really digital world that's being built out there. There's an entire world that's being built um, that a lot of women didn't have very much exposure. So in my conversations, my personal conversations with women and Natalie's conversations with women, um, you know, we realized that there wasn't really a big um, um, understanding of what was happening out there or much exposure to what was happening out there. And not, not because they weren't interested, it's just not easy to navigate that world right now. It's very time consuming. Um, so, Natalie and I had actually spoken about, you know, there must be something that we can do to help women get more exposure to this whole world that's being built out there. They need to be, um, you know, at the forefront of this. And what we learned from the world of Web2 is quite a few things were left behind. Um, one being obviously women. Um, women became very late, later adopters uh, of Web2. And um, what we know from the Web2 uh, working force is that there was a need for a lot more cognitive diversity uh, within the workforce. And uh, it, became, it became very apparent when, uh, when it was a little too late, to be, uh, to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. So in talking about Web3, um, we thought to ourselves, well, what we do know is that women need to be in this world. They need to have a seat at the table. They need to be helping to build and shape Web3. So why not start um, you know, educating women more on what's happening out there so they can transfer their skills into the world of Web3? The other thing that was really left behind was culture and arts in the world of Web2. Again, became uh, later adopters of that world. And um, we also are you know, advocates of art, just pure art. Uh, and if, the, if we know anything about the world of Web3 is that it's going to need art and culture. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we're actually massive proponents of that as well. And we wanna see both of those transfer uh, into the Web3 world at a very early adopter stage.
0: Why do you think? And this is sort of, I guess, maybe a psychological thing. But why? Why do you think that women are late to adopt in Web two, and and a little bit late to the game, or later to the game, uh, relative to Web three?
1: Um. Well, that's that's a really good question. I think I don't think it's intentional for sure. Um, I know women aren't trying to keep themselves out of it. What I do think is that. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, companies, the tech companies that were built out there were primarily built, uh, by, by men, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and obviously other individuals. Uh, and I think, you know, women, we always say that women are a little more risk adverse. I don't know that that's necessarily, um, the case that we're risk adverse. We are more calculated. Um, mm-hmm. but I also think that there wasn't, there wasn't as much of an opportunity, um, for women in the space, like, um, uh, you know, it was, it was really uh, built and there was a culture that was built in web two, right. That didn't necessarily make women comfortable to come into that culture at first.
0: Uh, and I think
1: that's really the essence of it. That makes a lot of sense. And, and now
0: that I think about it, as far as like board of directors, I think the burst, the first big news that I, I heard of like a woman entering the, the tech space just on a mainstream level was Sheryl Sandberg. And, and that was my first sort of moment where I'm like, Oh, actually women are in, in yes. some of these leadership within tech companies. Um, so I, I love that you brought that up. Now, now when we, we talk about Web3, what are the sort of components? You, know, you mentioned metaverse, you mentioned NFTs, you mentioned
1: a blockchain. How, what is sort of the hierarchy of all of these things? Well, I don't know there's a hierarchy. There's a place for all the technology, um, you know, within, within the world of Web3. But so we talked a little bit about, um, you know, NFTs, obviously non-fungible tokens. Those, I think, will have quite a bit of utility. Um, right now, it's obviously digital art, um, and that's what it should be. Um, but there is a utility aspect to NFTs that I think, um, from a marketing perspective, would be an interesting... Um, uh, utility that you can use to not only market products, but for example, if if down the road, like for example, um, the Manchester city is actually building a whole, their stadium in the metaverse, right? There has to be a way that they're going to be able to sell tickets, sell um, the experience itself. And that would likely come through um, in a form of NFTs. And I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but uh, you know, if I was to, um, suspect what's going to happen in the world of NFTs, I do think that there will be uh, an opportunity to have them uh, serve more of a, a, as a receipt, you know, and a collectible too. So where they have fans attending in person, they will also have fans attending um, virtually, you know, and be in, a, in an immersive space virtually and attending these, uh, the, the soccer games. Um, and that's one utility that NFTs can potentially have. Uh, Then we have DAOs, so those are uh, decentralized autonomous organizations and those um, there is potential for DAOs to come in and and, uh, shape the workplace of the future, you know, potentially. Uh, where you have people voting uh, to help run organizations, you know, so it's a voting mechanism where you you have stakeholders that come in and vote. How do you run an organization? Where do you spend this money? Where do you not spend this money? Um, Who do you hire? Uh, Those types of things become more um, based on stakeholder uh, votes and interest. And then you have what I consider to be one of the most important factors actually is ESG. So um, the environmental, social and governance component, so my personal opinion is any NFT collection anything that happens in the world of web3 should have an ESG component to it. And uh the reason why is because we're not going to be able to make a dent what we all the things that we know about the world of web2 and the world we're living in right now uh what we do know is that we need more environmental social and governance uh hmm. governance um initiatives. And I do think the world of web three, you know, can help propel that a little bit further. So anything that's done in the world of web three, I think can, can actually uh, help, um, you know, a lot of these nonprofits that we work with uh, and, and really um, help to get the nonprofits also uh, up and running in the world of web three as well. Um, Then we have, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I I, I was going to, you were rolling there. So just keep on going. (laughs) Yeah. No, well, obviously, cryptocurrency, right? So that's the other piece, too. Cryptocurrency is the essence, right? Um, and and as we're seeing right now around the world, a lot of countries, so Dubai uh, already passed laws around cryptocurrency. South Korea just elected a candidate uh, that's pro-crypto. El Salvador is building an entire um, Bitcoin city that's all going to be run on Bitcoin. Uh, the U.S., Biden's executive order indicates that they're going to move towards crypto as well. Uh, and what's happening, obviously, in Ukraine, and uh, they, they've been able to leverage crypto quite a bit. So cryptocurrency is the underpinning of all of this, of course. Hmm. Uh,
0: and I think that that's sort of uh, one of the bigger issues that I hear a lot of people say is like, oh, it, it's just uh, it it's an assumption as far as investing in certain bitcoins and cryptocurrency and that you are your spec is a speculative asset, um, I think, is what I hear that it's referred to a lot. As far as when it comes to uh, it, cryptocurrency aside, but when we're talking about like NFTs, one of the the better explanations that I heard, and maybe you can help me flesh out this explanation, but it was on a podcast and they were saying that an NFT is essentially a website that you can make into anything in the world of Web3. Is that a fair uh, analysis of what an NFT is? Because I think there's so much confusion around it. So I
1: don't know what they mean by it's a website. It's a crypto asset. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a non fungible token. So whereas, for example, if you have one Bitcoin and I have one one Bitcoin, the value of those two uh, are the same amount, uh, and they're the same value, right? It's the same exact thing. Um, non fungible tokens are essentially um, unique crypto assets. So where one um, might hold one value or a certain value, the other won't hold necessarily the same value. So um, it is not it's not a simple. Um, for example, like like I said, cryptocurrency, where you can exchange uh, equally and for the same amount, it is a unique asset, crypto asset. Um, and the way they, uh, for marketing purposes, the way you can use it um, is, for example, you go to uh, a movie theater and you want to buy a whole experience before you get there, for example. Um, you know, they can have NFTs that have, you know, popcorn and, uh, and and drinks and and your movie tickets, for example. And they can have other NFTs that Uh, market different things. And that's how they would sell it to you through an NFT. And you basically buy it, you get to the movie theater, and you have this uh, NFT that shows what you've bought. And so you just have to show up, essentially, uh, at the end of the day. So that's a way that they can utilize it for marketing purposes. And, and I, I think I, it, was, it was on that same podcast
0: that they were talking about how fashion, this has really been a huge issue or not a, an issue for fashion, but fashion brands are building out their outfits and um, accessories for these digital avatars and then selling them. Sometimes I think it was Gucci that sold a bag or sold a belt for more expensive as an NFT than they did uh, in, in real life in like a real store. So what are, I guess, what's... I guess my first question is, well, what's the point? But then if you think about if we're communicating more in a digital world, then your fashion statements almost make more of a, it's, it's a
1: way of communicating to other people within the metaverse. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, there's a couple things too. I'd like to unpack that a little bit. So what, what you're talking about is not um, unique to the way our kids, for example, game in this day and age. So, for example, if you if if one of your children are on Fortnite, they've already been buying skins, what they what they call as skins, which are essentially avatars, um, and and doing this type of exchange for quite some time. So they're interchanging their avatars, they're using different avatars uh, that have different utilities. Um, so this has been happening for quite some time. It's not any different than that, essentially. It's just except uh, one is sold in crypto and one is sold uh, using their parents' dollars. <laughs> so um, you know, where, where you rack up a lot of uh, a, a lot of essentially avatars, it's the same kind of concept with the metaverse. Um, hmm. So we will have, like I said, a more interactive space within the metaverse. So, for example, Blythe, if you and I, uh, you were off in in Switzerland and I'm here in Canada and we wanted to have a meeting, We can actually um, go into a metaverse space and and actually have a meeting where there won't be a screen separating us the way there is right now, but we'll be sitting next to each other and actually interacting and talking to each other. And you want, you know, to be able to dress your avatar in that world, of course. Um, So, yeah, the fashion industry is, is probably going to be leveraging that quite a bit. Um, there are other really big names that have actually landed in the metaverse right now. So Subway is one of them. Uh, McDonald's uh, is looking to come in. Nike, they're already hiring full time uh, in the metaverse. Um, I know Puma just got an ETH address, so uh, I'm, I'm watching out uh, to see what they're doing. Um, but there's a lot of big names, H&M, for example, Walmart, all these companies are looking to get into the Web3 world and metaverse. And, and so there's no real turning back, in my opinion, hmm. uh, once big companies are in there and trying to uh, explore a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's
0: fascinating to watch them scoop up uh, digital real estate in in certain high traffic areas as as they would in the real world. They're doing this now in, in the metaverse. Now we, we talked a little bit about you know sort of sports and fashion, but what about from a business perspective? What, what opportunities are use cases are there in, in a Web three world? I imagine digital contracts would be something that that's a huge benefit. Are there, are there anything else?
1: So smart contracts, I think there's. Um, I don't know that we've actually tapped into what smart contracts can do just yet, to be honest with you. I think there's a lot of potential for smart contracts um, coming in because what it does is basically outlines um, how transactions should happen on the back end. And then once that's in place, it, it transacts on its own, essentially. Um, so I think there is room for smart contracts around innovation. There's definitely uh, definitely a lot of room around NFTs for innovation, in my personal opinion, uh, again, from the utility side of it, and using it um, from a business sense, um, and then you know, I know that you had uh, in, in your in your um, in your podcast right before I joined, you were talking about certain. I think you were talking about three real estates that you can have on the internet and Web two. So, as you just mentioned, there's actually going to be um, metaverse real estate uh, in Web three, which is a whole other aspect that I don't think uh, anybody's really um, dived into as much right now. But there will be an opportunity for businesses to actually stand up, um, you know, their companies within the metaverse. And for example, H&M, you know, I had seen a preview of one of their uh, metaverse uh, stores and they have mannequins, you know, that they've set up with clothes. And basically, uh, you know, there was a red carpet and it takes you through and you just look at the mannequins left and right. And basically, I think that's what the next shopping experience is. Subway is another example. You know they have um, they're already hiring uh, for Subway in, in the Metaverse, and from what I understand, you basically shop. You go in and you shop for what you want. And you can either have it delivered to your home, um, or uh, you know basically it's transacted in the Metaverse. So um, that's the other uh, option right now. So what I think is that more of the uh, interaction that we have right now in the world of Web through Web two is going to be much more immersive in the world of Web three.
0: Now, obviously you're, you're incredibly knowledgeable on the topic to the point where you are, you're you're offering educational classes specifically geared towards women, um, on Venus first. Can you tell us a little bit about that and and, and why, I, I mean, we're having the show right now. So education is incredibly important in this space, but, but why, why did you choose to, to start these educational
1: classes and what kind of topics are you covering during them? So really what, what Natalie has primarily done is, um, you know, her and I took around Six months uh, of of our learnings around Web3, NFTs, uh, blockchain, whatever we've learned and kind of condensed it uh, into uh, 75 minute sessions. So high level, but it covers everything from blockchain to Web3, essentially. And the idea is that, number one, um, we wanted to remove the barriers of entry for women. Uh, and one of the barriers of entry was definitely time. Whoever we spoke to was just like, we just don't have the time to surf the the internet. There wasn't really a central a centralized place for a lot of this information. So what we decided was to create that centralized place and create a safe space for women where they can feel comfortable, um, where class sizes aren't necessarily too big, but you know it's very interactive and they can ask a lot of questions and feel safe asking those questions. Um, because a lot of it is, you know, the intimidation of a space like this and not really knowing what's happening um we don't want any women to feel that they can't you know be free to ask questions or have a conversation around it so that's really um you know the 75 minutes has been condensed uh and centralized um to help women understand at a high level what's happening in this world uh and by the end of it really um what we've seen is that there's enough of a knowledge to understand okay so how can i apply this to my life uh and to transfer those skills into web3 Um, And then, you know, there's there's a certain amount of um, research you have to do on your own, obviously, after a class like that. But you do have to figure out how can you apply it to your life? Uh, And then it's a really easy upskilling mechanism. Right. So at the end of the 75 minutes, you should have enough information where you can go and try and transact on your own um, in whichever way you want to transact. We're not um, pushing any one thing or another. But what we're saying is that there's this digital world being built know that it's happening and see how much you might be able to transfer your skills into it. Um, So that's really the S class. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say you, you hit the
0: nail on the head because from a, the the previous shows that, that I have listened to on on the metaverse and just you know getting involved in NFTs is just to be a watcher and a learner right now and then gravitate towards something that kind of pulls you in that direction um, within the metaverse within Web three. So so I love that you, you you hit on that point and and that brings up my next question is as far as like the skill sets needed for getting involved in in Web three what do those look like as far as are they upskill are they reskilling? What 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 are women? I guess primarily coming to you with, and then leaving the sessions with.
1: So, um, to be honest, women from we've had artists come through, we've had women who are more technical come through, um, we've had academics come through. So, uh, really, what they're leaving with is an understanding that okay, so. How can I go back and and look into this more and dig deeper and start applying it to myself, whether it's through, you know, looking into crypto, whether it's through looking into NFTs, whether it's through looking into the blockchain, where a lot of this technology has been built, uh, whether it's looking into the metaverse, you know, or for example, if you're an event company, you might want to think about looking into the metaverse and seeing, you know, what options are there for, you know, virtual events. Um, you know, and that's that's something it's it, it could be that simple, just seeing what you do right now uh, and how you might be able to transfer that into another world and uh, and really digging a little deeper into, OK, so now I have this base knowledge. Uh, what are the areas I want to dig deeper into and how can I transfer what I'm doing right now into the world of Web3? speaking of of
0: digging deeper, you ladies are also going to be launching your first NFT collection. Can you break down what that process looks like? How do you even launch an NFT
1: collection? What do you choose to launch? Break that down for us. So we're launching, yes, our collection is going to be launched um, hopefully this month. Uh, We're actually going through a validation process because we're launching ours as digital art. There won't be utility behind it necessarily. It is going to be in support of the world of arts. Uh, and culture in the world of web 3 uh, and we really wanted to take that that stance to be honest with you to sell pure art um, so we're we're going through that process right now um, so we have a digital artist we also um, you know did do some some uh, generative design in the back end too so a, a lot of them, um, have been custom custom drawn uh, and all the properties have been drawn. Um, but what we're also doing is, um, you know, there's certain unique, unique characteristics. So the beauty behind these NFT collections is the uniqueness behind them, right? And what makes every single piece unique. So there's not one piece that's identical to any other piece within the collection. All 2022 are very different. And I think that's the beauty of it. Um, so, creating those properties, uh, you have to create a few layers, a few properties. Uh, it is quite intricate, actually, uh, and you have to code them uh, pretty um, accurately so that they can be pulled accurately. Um, and then, you know, just figuring out the price point and the community and all those other pieces that you want to uh, to add to to the collection.
0: And so from that, I mean, forgive my I I feel like this is a dumb question, but you're coming up with, you know, I guess a general idea of the art that you want to create. You hire an artist in order to build out. Is it separate from having something, you know, just custom illustrated, you know, a graphic designer making a logo um, or just illustrating a
1: a graphic? Is it separate from that or is it the same skill set? It is the same skill set, and that's what I'm saying. So, for example, our um, so our artist, well, our our collection was kind of was a collaboration, right? So we have an artist, uh, we have the generative design on the back end, and then we also have. So I had a, a, a specific vision around this uh, this collection. Um, so it was a combination of um, you know, essentially me, uh, providing properties, like what, what kind of properties I want to see in this collection, what kind of look and feel I want to see in this collection, uh, and, and, you know, us coming together and talking about, okay, so what can this collection look like? Um, and, and really it was a, like I said, a very collaborative process. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get back to the, <laughs> to the question and I think I <laughs> lost it. Blythe, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I I was, I was trying to understand
0: the process of it because like me as a, as a website designer, I'm trying to think of how I would take my skills into the world of, of the metaverse. Because I I, I honestly, as a, as a web developer, you know, designer, I I don't know how my skills are transferable to this world. And I think that that's still something that I kind of struggle with understanding if you could help me, you know, break that down.
1: So I think as a web designer and a graphic designer, you probably have a very easy uh, foot in the door. Um, so as I mentioned, our um, digital artist is a graphic designer, and uh, you know, like I said, when we discussed the properties and what the properties should look like, she actually just started drawing them uh, and and kind of transferring the skills in Web two to Web three. She did look into you know NFTs and properties, and we we had this whole research that we were doing um, to ensure that we were. Uh, doing it the way that we wanted to do it, first and foremost, but secondly, making sure that w- it was unique. Every piece was unique. Um, so it was just basically researching what are NFTs, uh, what usually goes behind NFTs, what are the layers that you need to have. Uh, so there's obviously different skin tone layers. Um, and then you have you know all the accessories that you want to add to it, and you layer those mm-hmm. on. Um, you know, so it was a very easy, I think, a transfer of skills uh, for our, our digital artists um, to, to get into NFTs. It's just more about understanding what are they and, and how do you uh, how do you kind of create the rarity uh, is really the important thing.
0: Okay. So it's more like a unique design that you were just adding, you know, different variations to it. And then you take that design. Uh, is there any kind of, I guess, additional configurations? I'm sure there is, uh, to take that design and then put it into like, where are you putting it for sale online?
1: So it will be minted to our website. Um, and mm-hmm. basically what that means is uh, on our website, you, you'll see a mint button and you can, um, you know, go to, to the website, the holding website. Uh, It will be launched on OpenSea um, and it could be purchased through OpenSea as well, of course. Um, But the idea is that you can just uh, easy traffic through our website onto the platform itself. Gotcha.
0: And so then you put it up for sale on, on OpenSea and OpenSea is kind of just like a, is it a community or is it a place where you, you buy and sell and trade all of these different
1: NFTs if I understand it correctly? Yes. OpenSea is a marketplace. It's actually one of the biggest marketplaces, one of the first, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but there are a couple marketplaces out there. But OpenSea is the one that's been around uh, the longest and, and has, has really grown quite, uh, quite big. Um, so, yes, you do. Uh, you launch it to OpenSea, but you can launch it to other like other artists have launched onto other platforms like Solana or Cardano. Uh, so there are other marketplaces that you can use. Gotcha. And, and how does I guess maybe that that
0: how does that affect if you take the same product? Can you upload it to these various different marketplaces? And then how does I guess that affect the uh, the original ownership or or are they kind of all tied together? I know this is probably yeah, <laughs> crazy questions, but together.
1: thank you. No, not at all. Not at all. The the, the collection's tied together. So for example, our collection, you'll see it all on OpenSea. You'll see it all 2022 of them. Uh, and you can just go in and obviously purchase the one that you want. Um, but yes, it's, it's the collection stays together. It always stays together. You always see it together. And then what do you do after
0: you've purchased them? What is, I guess, sort of the use cases for that? Like say, I, I see an NFT that I really love and you know it's a beautiful piece of art. Um, then what do I do with it after I purchase it?
1: Well, it's up to you, really. Um, so if you if you love it so much and you have a digital screen, why not put that up in your home, <laughs> you know, as art? I mean, this is the future of art. Um, the What I would love to see is that the metaverse is decorated with all kinds of beautiful art. So if you think about, you mm-hmm. know, what's happening, what's going to happen in the metaverse, there will be meeting rooms, there'll be an office. So again, we might be talking in a year from now, uh, Blythe, and we could be sitting uh, in a virtual studio in the metaverse, and you and I are sitting directly opposite each other. I would love to see your your office decorated, you know, with some art pieces, uh, and, and your studio decorated with some art pieces. So that's an example of how we would love to see art within the metaverse. Of course,
0: yeah, because I, I think I had you know I was watching this other creator and they were talking about how they're building their house, their home in Roblox, and then they're taking the NFT art that they have purchased and they're hanging it up in their virtual house. And I was like, what? That is it, kind of crazy, but also kind of cool. Like this is how you can build yeah. a unique experience in a digital world, which we're always trying to be a little bit more unique. And I think that, you know, definitely with the between fashion and art, it's a communication device. And that's how you can draw in other people that you might not know that have, you know, sort of similar interests um, right there in a digital world, which I think is, is incredibly fascinating. And I think there's a lot of potential to this, But there's also some criticism, you know, we can't talk about the good without talking about the bad. And I think, you know, some of the criticisms is, oh, it's a giant scam. Uh, why can't I just, you know, right click and save to my computer? Um, environmental concerns because, you know, Bitcoin mining, some of this Bitcoin mining is, is uh, using more energy than some entire countries. Can you speak to a little bit of the concerns and, and, and how you think we can um, alleviate some of
1: those concerns for the masses? So the concerns around the environmental piece, we hear, we definitely hear about. Um, and yes, there are environmental concerns because when they're mining on the back end, of course, it does take up energy and that energy, um, you know, obviously is an environmental concern. But you know what, uh, to be honest with you, everything we do, there is some sort of environmental implication. Um, and what I what I say to women is that, you know, uh, yes, we definitely need to solve this problem. It is a massive issue. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we know people are using supercomputers. That alone uh, will help to alleviate some of the environmental concerns. It's just a matter of when it becomes more mainstream and, mm-hmm. uh, and can be used more often. Uh, quantum computing, you know, obviously that's, that's something that can help uh, big time with the environmental piece. So it's not that we don't have the technologies. The technologies are there. Which is what gives me the hope um, that this will be solved, or at least will be closer to solving this sooner rather than later. Um, but of course, the environmental concern is, is always a big one. Um, the the other thing is, yes, there are you know there are good actors and bad actors everywhere you go and in everything you do. There there's good actors and bad actors in Web two, right? Um, and right. Uh, the idea the, the idea is that there will be in the early adopter stage. Um, People will try and get in and understand it a little more and and dabble a little bit. And there will be the the bad actors in the space. What we're trying to do is promote more good actors in the space and more cognitive Mm -hmm. diversity in the space. Uh, And that's what we're trying to do. And that's how we're at least trying to help solve that problem.
0: And how would, I guess, sort of a novice, like once they, maybe they listen to this interview and then they want to start dipping their toes in in the waters of of the metaverse, what would be some of those ways that they could introduce themselves and also avoid, you know, the the potential dangers and scams that are, that exist out there?
1: Well, to be honest with you, we kind of talked quite a bit about that in our session. So, you know, my, my first inclination would be to say, you know, if, if there are women out there that are interested in this please do sign up at least for the month, m- rest of the month of March in honor of International Women's Day. We do have a 20% discount right now. We would love to see more women come in uh, for the, the next two sessions because we do talk a little about what to look out for, what not, look to, what, what not, to, uh, not to get into, what to avoid. Um, and we, we talk a lot about this um, around NFTs too because that's actually a hot topic. There are a lot of scams out there. I mean, we can't deny it. Again, bad actors uh, have come in and figured that piece out. So we do take women through it and help them understand, like, what should you look out for when you're looking uh, at a collection Uh, and what should you be aware of? So we do we do start there. And I'd love to see more women come into this space. I mean, we can't move this needle in Canada alone. Uh, We do need uh, uh, organizations and companies to want to help other women to get in. Uh, And it's to everybody's benefit, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, because I, I think it's kind of like in investing. You know, if you're going to invest, you might want to do some research on the company before you start spending a lot of money or spending a lot of time and dedicating it to it. So, do your research, do your due diligence, and and try to be a watcher first before you maybe you know send a stranger on the internet thousands of dollars or
1: something. That's probably well, good advice yeah. across the board. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, always uh, always be careful. Of that and we also talk about, for example, like wallets and hard wallets, soft mm-hmm. wallets. What you can and can't give out. So we do give the lay of the land across the board. Of you know, this is what's happening. This is what you need to be aware of. Um, and and these are these are the the potential red flags. But you know, if you're comfortable going and interacting, you might want to start uh, thinking about you know how can you get involved.
0: And so uh, uh, my final question, I guess, you know, with everything that we've talked about, you know, sort of breaking down those barriers for, for women entering into the, you know, the web three and this continuing evolving space, what are some resources that they can go and they can check out obviously Venusverse website, but are there any other, I guess, sort of resources that, um, would be a good starting place
1: to learn? Um, so I, to be honest with you, because it's, uh, and that's why it took us so long to really learn this space. None of it was really Mm. centralized. So we didn't find very many centralized places to go and find this information. Um, But what we are going to do is have our own AMA sessions. Uh, We do have thought leadership, so we will have a blog post. And so our very first one will be coming out fairly soon. Uh, And then panel discussions. I would say if there is a talk or there's a discussion around any of this, definitely attend, um, because it's different when you're hearing people interact about it and ask questions. You learn a lot more than than trying to surf uh, the social media pages and, uh, and trying to find something that uh, speaks to you and resonates with you. Uh, but really, where you could find a lot of this would be on the internet and social, um, primarily like Instagram, TikTok is quite a big, big thing. Um, but uh, yeah, there isn't very many centralized locations to find this information, unfortunately. But we, that's what we are becoming. That's awesome. I, I love to hear it because it's, it's one of those spaces that I've almost, you know, I try to
0: do as much due diligence and research on it as possible, but it still feels like one of those things where I'm on the sidelines and I just want to learn more before I, you know, jump all the way in into the, the deep end of the pool. But, but Janelle, you, you've shared a wealth of information on this interview. Where can folks follow more of your work, more Venus work or Venus Verse work, all that good stuff?
1: So um, our website is uh, www.venusverse.ca, um, and that will hopefully put uh, all the information that that uh, is upcoming on that as well as the release of our collection, so you'll hear about that as well. Uh, and then, again, um, our sessions. So if there's any opportunity to join a session and learn more, uh, we'd love to have you. Nell, thank you so much. Awesome interview and, and great insight.
0: Loved learning about this topic, and I'm sure our, our viewers will will feel the same. So thank you again. Thank you so much Blake it was a pleasure Absolutely, my my pleasure as well. Now, as we round out the end of the show, that was a great conversation. Now, if you're you're forgive you know some of my novice style questions, uh, but I feel like a lot of us are sort of in that same boat where we're trying to just navigate what this new web world looks like, and so we're solidifying our current footprint in the web two world, but also still exploring what that holds for us in the future as far as web three. Now, as we close out the end of the show, I did want to do a quick shout out. Live events are coming back. And we got Freightways Future of Supply Chain that is going to be happening this May. And it's May 9th to the 10th in Northwest Arkansas at the Rogers Convention Center. Um, tickets are on sale right now. And you need to get that early bird special $12.95 in order to take advantage of those good deals because we know, all know how this works in the long run. Now, I've been lucky enough to be at a few of these FreightWaves events, and they are top-notch, top of the line as far as industry is concerned. So I hope you guys enjoyed that show. Get your FreightWaves live events tickets for the future of supply chain. Once again, my name is Blythe Burnley, and we will see you next week, Thursday, 2 p.m.